Well, what an incredible weekend we've already had. On Friday night, this place was full of young people singing songs. I just have no idea what it's about. What is it? Kama Hasamaniya Dada. I want to interpret that. <laughs> All the Pentecostals go, ha, ha, ha. Um, yeah. It was fantastic and uh, loved, loved seeing people just worship God. I ran out of number of people that I didn't know here on Friday night. It was just incredible. It was wonderful. So the team of youth, thank you so much for all you're doing. And, um, you know, it's not a youth group. It's a, it's a church service for young people. We're all allowed to come. And I want to invite you all to come on Friday night, 7 p.m., for the most amazing cultural experience you'll ever see. And um, come and worship God with a generation that are pretty passionate about him. Amen. And yesterday, I understand the ladies had a great time with Letitia Shelton and um, lots of food. And Naomi was pretty buzzing yesterday afternoon when I saw her. And I hope you enjoyed that. Ah, it's great. And here we are in church. Naomi's actually up at Mountains Church with Letitia this morning out on the deck because they're still flooded. And um, us at Hawks, we go, hee, 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 hee. <laughs> because we know what it's like to be flooded. Ironically, there's no water in their building, which is really weird. But anyway, they're up there freezing, but loving church up there. And um, I want us to pray, not today, but I want you to continue to pray. We need a building in the mountains of our own. And uh, we need doors to open, and we need to be able to have it open in a way that it's not going to be a burden for our church. I don't ever think a building really should be a burden. It should be a blessing. So would you pray in your time when you're with God? Just say, God, I just want to pray for a building in the mountains so that they don't have to worry about sitting on a balcony in the middle of winter trying to do church, that we can actually go into a building and, and, um, and we can bless the community with that building. That's what we're really looking for. Amen? I want to let you know the next couple of weeks. Next week is our Frontiers Week of the Month. We call it Frontiers because everyone has a frontier. It's a place in which we're called to go into. And um, it's really focusing on missions. And most of our missions, and the majority of what we do is focused in on Cambodia and what we're doing there through Deb Neal in Phnom Penh with Mother's Heart, where she looks after children. So young mums, especially the single mums, are able to go and work. And, and also we focus in on our church in Kapung Cham, which is planting churches everywhere at the moment. And um, we're going to be hearing a lot more about that next week. I just got back last week from there. I want to share with you that. And we're going to be taking up an offering for that because we want to sow financially also into the frontiers. Is that cool? So I want to give you a heads up for that. And um, if you'd like to give online, find out the numbers and give it online so that we can actually sow more into that beautiful nation. Amen? And also the week after that is Father's Day, which is going to be incredible. I don't even know. what The, the team haven't told me what we're doing yet. I just hope there's bacon and egg involved. That's all I'm hoping. It's going to be a great time. So let's come along and honour fatherhood as we come. Amen? In Exodus chapter 20, um, God highlights to his people ten commandments in which to follow. Now, I just want to stress right up front, Jesus fulfilled the commandments. Breaking the commandments is no longer damnation for those people who have faith in Jesus Christ. Understand that, okay? Is that cool? Jesus fulfilled it in our lives. But that doesn't mean they're a bad idea. <laughs> they're a good idea, especially that Sabbath one. Take a Sabbath, take a rest every week. Make sure you're doing that. And um, they're a good idea. But I want to focus on the first one. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, it says this. You shall have no other gods besides me. It's the first commandment. 
It's the most important one, according to Jesus, who echoed it. Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment? He said, oh, this one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and all your strength. And um, the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. He saw it as the most important thing. Put God number one in your life. In fact, that's the beginning of all things, he said. All the law hangs on that thing, he says. I've been uh, in this series, and I'm going to continue that series today, called Come Out of the Corner. And it was based on a, a vision I saw of the, the modern-day church coming out of the, um, a pandemic and maybe some floods mixed in there and a few fires as well. And I saw the church in a vision in a boxing match in the corner, trying not to take any more hits. And, um, you know, the enemy was just punching in on it. And I really felt the Lord say to me, it's time for the church to get out of the corner and get in the middle of the ring. And that doesn't mean we fight against anything in our physical world. But it means to stand up and to really start realizing who we are. We're trained, we're fit, we're ready. Why are we in the corner just stable? And I feel like there is an awakening worldwide of the church coming out of pandemic. But I really feel there's something special for a strong nation church. And I've been speaking on that for the last three times I've spoken. And today's the fourth part of this series. Last week I spoke about, you know, just look to Jesus. He is the key. And you do that through faith. And he is the author of faith. It's a bit of a cyclic thing. You use faith to look to Jesus, and then he increases your faith. And basically, in Christianity, it is all about just looking to Jesus. And um, I love that song, Speak Jesus. And I actually asked the, the team whether we'd play it last week. I just love it. Even today, just sing it and just tears to my eyes about the reality of what it means to look to Jesus. There is no blockage between us and him now. He made it available for every individual, every individual to come to him at any time, at any place. You can turn to him in the midst of your wallow. You can turn to him while you're standing on a mountaintop either. It's beautiful. And I just have a look at that from last week. It's something which I think every Christian needs to think about all the time is when I'm in trouble, look to Jesus. He's the answer. Amen. But one of the biggest blockages to this is uh, when we forget about that first commandment. That we forget about how important Jesus or God is in our lives. I want to look at a story out of the Old Testament. It's a beautiful story. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Or I like to call them Rakshak and Benny. Okay? They were Jews. They were held in captivity around about 700 years, give or take, um, before Jesus was around. The Jews, the the God's people were based in Jerusalem and all Judea. And um, the Babylonians came and sieged them, demolished the city and took a whole bunch of the Jews off to Babylon. Well, these guys were part of that. Them and Daniel. You find it through the book of Daniel. Fascinating read. Read it to your kids. It's a fascinating read. And uh, the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar was a bit of a you know, narcissist. And he made a gold statue. It was about 30 meters high and about 3 meters wide. The Bible tells us, and it says this. There was a decree put out to everyone in verses 5 and 6. As soon as you hear the music, everyone, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Those who fail to do so will, immediately, will be immediately thrown into a blazing furnace. Well, Rakshak and Benny were followers of the Most High God. Along with Daniel, 
don't know where Daniel was in this story, but he did likewise and got thrown into a, a lion's den later on. They wouldn't bow down to this idol because the Most High God is the only one they bow down to. They were Jews. They knew their God and they'd been risen or raised to believe that and they practiced it in their life. They did it with their diet. They did it with their prayer times and they did it when the crunch came. I want you to bow down to my idols. I'm not going to bow down to your idols. Verse 12 comes along and it says this, that some bedwetters came along and said to the king, Oh, king... But there's some Jews whom have set over the affairs of the, you've set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, Your Majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Bedwetters, dobbers. In fact, I think it was a plan of the enemy, because if they could get Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to bow down to an idol, they've got them. Got them where they wanted. There was probably a lot of jealousy there too because they were prominent in the kingdom. Even though they were held captive, they were made prominent in the kingdom because they were amazing young men. That's another story. Verse 3, let's look at Nebuchadnezzar's response. Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, I'm going to have trouble with that all day. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true? That you refuse to serve my God or to worship the gold statue I've set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I've made when you hear the sound of the music instruments. But if you refuse, you'll be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Great statement. Rakshak and Benny replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, We do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. Wow. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. In other words, not going to bow down to your idol. It's the name of this subname, if you like, this message not going to bow down to your idols i'm not going to bow to your idols no matter what and i love that our god will deliver us but even if he doesn't he is still god in my life cool story we live in a world that i believe is trying to take our god out of the picture it is increasing i can't believe it how much they just want to take god out of the picture in fact you can be anything you want have you noticed that Let's face it, the world's a zoo. You can be anything you want, but if you say, I love Jesus, mate, it's like you just brought the greatest offense out. Have you noticed that? It was like that in the universities years ago. It's like that in the whole world now. In fact, interesting, we just had a big, if you're a rugby league fan or a football fan of any sort, you probably know that we had a big controversy. And um, the Manly Sea Eagles, not a bad team, for a bunch of silver tails, they um, wanted to show a pride jersey really championing the gay community. Good on them, that's great. But there's seven young men who are Christians there who said, I'm not going to bow to that idol. No, I'm sorry, we can't. You've got to understand the stake that they put themselves under. Mate, their livelihood, everything. And I, 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 good on them for saying, no, we're not going to bow because that doesn't reflect 
my what I believe is right. Yeah, they're entitled to that opinion. I couldn't believe the vile um, accusations that came out against him. But yet, not long before that, in the AFL, a young girl decided to do the same thing because of her Muslim faith. Not a word said. Isn't that interesting? They championed her for standing up for her faith. You see, there's this plan to take our God out of the, out of the game. Because I think the spirit of this world understands something very important. And that is, if you take God out of the game, it will be replaced with another God. You see, we were born to worship, every one of us. Mankind was born to worship. And you will worship something. And if you take God, our God, Yahweh, Adonai, Jesus, if you take him out of the place, it will be filled by something else. And we've got a world right now who is pushing a lot of stuff out. Now understand, we don't fight against any person. Do you understand that? Our, our, our stance is not against any individual or any even a subgroup. Paul actually says we wrestle with not with flesh and blood, with principalities and powers in high places, spiritual realms. There is dead set a fight going on. And the fight is to get rid of God and get him out of our lives so that we can actually worship something else. That's what it is. Do you understand that is the battle? I don't think the devil wants to just, oh, he, does, he, does, he wants to trash your life. There's no doubt about that. He wants to destroy you because he hates you, because you're made in his God's image. But how he wants to do that is this little strategic plan. If I can get him to worship another God. That's what he's always had. He did it back then. You see, the God of this world. Um, I read a book, um, Sidetracked in the Wilderness. I, I recommend it to everyone. By a guy called Mike Wells. Good book. And he says, you know, we know about the Holy Trinity. Um, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said there's an unholy trinity as well. You've got Satan. You've got sin. And you've got the spirit of this world. Or the God of this world. He said there's three things. There's a system within the world. I've heard many preachers talk about mammon. Jesus mentions mammon. And what is mammon? Well, really, I think it's actually God of this world wrapped around money. It's amazing how powerful money is in our, in our world. And I think mammon likes to use money to trap people. I think he does, and we'll get onto that a little bit later. But our wrestle is not with flesh and blood. It's not with people. In fact, the Christian church is all about loving everybody. If the Christian church ever shows anything but love towards anyone, it's not being Christian. <laughs> it's funny, I've heard people say, you know, we've got to be careful, especially in our education, that we don't have radicalized Christians. Think about what a radicalized Christian really should be like. Just love everyone. Kindness, gentleness, self-control. <laughs> Let's make radical Christians. <laughs> The God of this world. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul writes about it. He says this, Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, that's the ministry of sharing the good news, right? Um, if you look in chapter 3, it talks about that. Um, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, unhanded ways. In other words, we live differently. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. In other words, we, we, we want to be good to people. We want people to like us. We want people to accept us. That's what we want in, you know, in, in, before God. 
Verse 3, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. We've got this good news, but it seems that they can't see it. They can't hear it. Why? Verse 4, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of God, Christ, who is the image of God. You see, many think that idolatry um, is something of the past ancient world, and it was. I think Paul is actually the one who quoted or, or coined the phrase or the word idolatry when he was talking to the Ephesians. He went up there, Acts chapter 19, 20, you can read it. He goes up there and finds some disciples and stays there for two years, discipling them and raising them up. And it says within two years, the entire Asia Minor had been reached. Pretty cool stuff. But what rose up, and church history tells us, was idolatry. They worshipped the goddess of Diana. And she was the hunting god, right? And uh, Paul, being Paul, a bit of a feisty guy, said, that's a fake god. And what happened was the silversmith, Demetrius and Alexander, got pretty upset about that because they would lose money out of that because they were selling these silver gods. And Paul was saying, these aren't real gods. And, uh, you know, they caused a riot and it became such a big riot, it actually made history. You can read about this history that happened at Ephesus about this massive riot, so much so that Paul had to get out of there because his life was in danger. Talk about poking the bear. But I think today's a bit like that too about poking the bear. When you rise up and say, hey, that's an idol. And in church life, if you challenge someone, hey, do you think that might be an idol in your life? It's amazing how you poke the bear. Oh, you're judging me. No, 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 I just don't want you to be judged. That's the Christian heart, right? Our heart's not to judge anyone. We just don't want people to be judged. We want people to live in freedom and, and to live life and know this wonderful God. That's our, that's our objective. That's our frontier. That's our mission, to share the love of Jesus Christ through his good news. It's very much here. It's not just for the dark ages. It's not just for the subcontinent and other places of the developing world. No, 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 no. I believe idolatry is running rampant in Australia, running rampant in our world. Dare I say it's running rampant through church life. Idolatry. You see, as I said before, mankind was, was made to worship, and when you remove God even a little bit to the right, that gap gets filled. Let's think about our Western world in which we live. The obvious ones, you've got things like movie and pop stars. We can easily make them idols, can't we? Isn't it ironic that the first Australian idol was a born-again Christian? You know, we put posters on the wall and bow down to them, images. Now, I'm not against putting posters on the wall. You understand? I'm not against supporting football teams, especially one that wears black with yellow, red and green on them. The, the winners. <laughs> It's not every year I get to say that. Or actually, it does seem to say that. Anyway. I'm not against those things. What I'm against is when those things replace God. You shall have no other gods before me. That's the issue. I think money is a massive idol in our world. Now, I don't mind having money. In fact, money's awesome to have. The problem is, it can't replace God. 
You see, when you make something else your God or your idol, it makes you your servant. But when you make God your idol or your God, Jesus, he makes you his child. And there's a massive difference there. Think about money. Money makes a fantastic servant. Have you noticed that? My goodness. I love being in Cambodia. And I'm um, just letting you know, um, we went to a music store because a young girl wanted to buy a, a, a guitar there. And Utom turns around and says, the church needs a guitar too, Rick. I was able to say, hey, let's buy that. God actually tells me, purchase that, purchase that. So I purchased that with church funds, okay? Our, our, our funds. It's a great servant. You need a guitar? Bang, we've got one. You need a drum box? Bang, we've got one. It's a fantastic servant, but it's a horrible master. Where you're working maybe two or three jobs just to get enough of it. You see, we, we allow these idols to creep into our lives. And those things will make you a servant quicker than you can ever imagine. There are modern day things going on. Our career can become an idol. Now, I'm not against careers. Get a career. But if it replaces God as your number one place, it's an idol. And it will make you serve to a point where you burn badly. Education is the same thing. Love education. Big fan of it. Right now, we're funding in Cambodia young people so they can get an education. That's where I want to do more of that. We're doing seven right now. Jenny and Min set it up. Seven young girls we've got doing it. They would not get an education. I'm a big fan of it. But when education replaces God, we have an issue. Because it will make you serve. It will make you a massive slave. I'd rather be a slave to God who actually makes me a son. Whom I have an inheritance with him. It's what I want more. Family and friends can become an idol. They really can. Now, I don't think anyone loves their family more than I love mine. It's something I, I would lay my life down for it. But in, I'll tell you now, it does not replace my God. But some, for some it does. Here's a big one. Church services can become an idol. So much so that we forget about Jesus. We get everything right. We have blessing. There's a church in, in the ancient days called Laodicea. And in Revelation chapter 2, um, Jesus calls them out. He says, listen, you're a great church. You're blessed. You're a blessing. You are rich. It's, you've got the best carpet and you sing the most songs, even that weird Korean song. You sing that. It's awesome. Behold, I stand at the door, Jesus says, and I knock. He's not even in the building. He's outside. You've made a service your God without even knowing it. Because the world, the spirit's world, wants you to worship anything but God. Do you understand that? If we can actually acknowledge or look at it in my life and just say, God, have I allowed another God to creep in there? Wow. I don't... You know, the thing about making a church service your God, and I've, I've spoken to too many people who would bear witness that you become its servant and it fries you. It squashes you down where you can't, you can't really begin to worship a God because you're too busy serving this other God called a church service. I feel like I'm 
maybe not to step on your toes, but I'm pretty sure there might be a few other pastors who might say that and think, ah. Anyway, see that? And anyway. The God of this world is calling people to, it sets up idols, it sets up golden idols, if you like, just like Nebuchadnezzar did, and saying, hey, when I play the music, I want you to bow. I want you to bow. And it's happening in our world, folks. It's happening in your world, in your daily life. You're going to be confronted with this spirit of this world saying, I want you to bow. Will you bow? Will you bow? Will you bow? And when you don't, what happens is, you get thrown into the fire. Let's look at what happened. Daniel chapter 3, verse 19. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. Who's seen that in some people? I saw that when I used a plastic straw. (laughs) How dare you? Don't you know you're going to kill the planet with that? Let me tell you, there's an idol there too. I'm all the first for not polluting the planet. I love not polluting the planet. But I often feel there's a religion brewing here and there's an idol that many Christians as well are bowing down to because it's replaced God. Their fervor. I wish they were that fervent about God. When someone hits their thumb and says, Jesus, why don't they react like they do when you've got a plastic straw? Sorry. I do digress. I'll read it again. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. He's triggered. (laughs) Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and they threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants. That's good news. Turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. Now that's hot. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, who loves suddenlies in the Bible? Whenever you just concentrate on suddenlies in the Bible. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Verse 25, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, face obviously still contorted. I see four men abounding, walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door. I wouldn't be going real close. Of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Bendigo, servants of the most high God. Oh, hang on, there's a change. Come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, Bendigo stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their head was singed. And their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell the smoke. That's huge. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. There's a word. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. We'll get to that. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than to serve or worship any god. I accept their own God. Therefore, I make this decree. 
If any people, whatever their race or nation or language speak, a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn from limb to limb. This guy's got issues. <laughs> Thank you for the new covenant. That's not the way God thinks. They'll be torn from limb to limb and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this God. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and began to Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. Wow. It's more than a kid's story, folks. This is a story we can live every day. I want to tell you that the church right now, to come out from the corner, we've got to make sure that we have no other gods that replaces our God. And I'm sure every one of you are thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to put a few butts out there. I want my goal today is that everyone, even online, I want us to self-assess. Am I serving other gods? Have I put anything in place of him? Because I feel like the church right now in this time in history, it's never been more necessary for a church to come out of the corner ready so that the world can benefit from us. Babylon benefited from three young men who said, not going to bow down to your idols. We're not going to bow. It benefited. They benefited themselves, but the kingdom did. And I believe the world right now needs a church to rise up and say, we're not going to bow. We're not going to judge, but we're not going to bow. Jesus is the judge. God is the judge. We're not the judge, but we're, not, we're, we're, we're his. You know, it was many years ago what, 30, 40 years ago, round about now, that I decided, you know what, the rest of my life belongs to him. I gave my life away. How dare I even give it to someone else now or something else? It's not what we're called to do. So just quickly, here's three things, or no, more than three, I think it's about five. Here's some things I noticed about Rakshak and Benny not bowing down. And I want us to self-evaluate, is this me? Is this part of my life? Is this something God's speaking to me about? I'm here to present a word. It's you to work it out. It's your job, church. You're believers. You have the Holy Spirit with you. You're the ones to work this out. Okay, the first thing I notice is they honored God with their life. All of them did. In fact, if you read the book of Daniel, they would not eat the king's food because it's not part of what they believed. And they got in trouble for it. But they said, we're going to test and... And, if, and Daniel was part of this as well. And they turned out to be healthier and stronger than everyone else because of the directory requirements. Not only that, they prayed. They, 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 they required a time of prayer every day where they could pray to their God. And the officials didn't like that, but they let them have it. They wanted to honour God with their life. I feel Christians right now in the 21st century in which we live, it is so important for the Christian to honour God in their life. Oh, but I do. Do we? Do we? When the pressure comes on, do we honour him? It's up to you how you do it, but I think we honour him by worshipping him. I've got to tell you, I, I, I meant every word I said when I love worshipping with you. I look forward to coming Friday nights and Sunday morning, and the number one reason, sorry, is not to see you, it's to worship my God. I love seeing you and I love talking to you. But the number one thing is I get to worship him because I want to honour him. The first thing of the week, Sunday morning, I worship him. 
Why? Because he's my God. He holds that highest place. I don't want to drop back from that. I think in the modern day, especially with the days of the live stream, I think that's a threat. I remember a day growing up where you just didn't miss church. Remember those days, anyone? Bob, you remember that? My mum my, my, my and dad used to drag me out of church all the time, out to church. They used to drag me out of church sometimes too. That's why one of my ears is lower than the other. I feel like we need an injection of this again that I don't care whether I feel like it. I don't care whether it's my birthday or not. I'm coming to honour God because my birthday is nowhere near as important as God. Yeah? There's other times that I can celebrate my birthday, but I've assigned this place on a Sunday morning or a Friday night or whenever. I've assigned a place where I'm going to make sure that God has priority over my life that day. I think that's what tithing is all about. Tithing is not so passing you rich because I don't know many rich pastors, let me tell you. Tithing is not even about the amount. Tithing is all about, God, I acknowledge you. You are my God. And thank you for the 90% you have given me. I want to make sure I acknowledge that it's yours by giving you the 10 back. That's what it's about. It's about honoring God. For me, it's not optional. For Naomi and I, we've decided long ago that we, we will always honor God. As for me and my household, we will serve him. And we've, we've told our kids, you know, I don't really care what you do in life. I do care, but it's nowhere near as important as two things. Serve the Lord with the rest of your life and get your kids to heaven. That's all I want them to do. Everything else is secondary. They, they could be great at their occupations. They could be great at their hobbies or whatever. I don't really mind. But what I really want is for them to honor God with their lives. He's our God. These three young men, they're obviously honoring God. And it ticked the bedwetters off. And it will. It'll tick others off when you honor God. No doubt about it. The pressure will come on. Trust me. Bow down to my idol will turn up. Second thing I noticed about them, they, they had faith in their God. Their faith was not in their circumstances. Their faith was not in their bank balance. Their faith was not in where they lived or what they were doing or in their job or in their education. That's not where their faith dwelt. Their faith dwelt was... Our God will deliver us, and even if he doesn't, he is still God. If he doesn't deliver us, it's his plan. What incredible faith. A bit like I spoke to last week about, you know, turn to Jesus. Jesus, no matter what your circumstances, just turn to Jesus. I remember as a young man, I got diagnosed with arthritis. I couldn't walk. There's a whole summer where I couldn't walk. I was in a wheelchair. And it was because I had juvenile arthritis right through my legs. And um, I remember... The doctor talking to my mum about saying, you know, he really shouldn't play contact sports. You must watch him. You must even make sure that he's always sitting upright. Probably a good thing to do anyway. Um, because his back will fuse. And uh, you don't want him bent over for the rest of his life. And I remember, even though I was thinking I was 15 years old, thinking, yeah, nah. And even though I wasn't a follower really of Jesus back then, I didn't really follow him. I knew that God's got a bigger plan for my life than that. I haven't worried about all that stuff. And here I am. I don't think I'm that much of a hunchback. But I've played contact sports. Got no problems. I think there's a trust in God that when you rise up and have this trust, just does something in your life. I trust God. They did this. Another thing I noticed about this is that 
The only thing that was burned were the things that bound them. Wow. I think this is the key to getting set free of stuff. When you give God the glory, when you don't bow down to other idols, but only bow down to him, he takes the rubbish away. He burns them off. And yes, there will be persecution. Jesus promised it. Yep, the guy who sits next to your work will probably give you a hard time. That's okay. It burns the binds off. Remember I said, if you serve something else that makes you the slave, that's what got burned off. They're not anyone's slave. They're God's child. Separates them. Another thing I noticed was not even the smell of smoke was on them. It says that. They don't even smell of smoke. Have you ever met that person that sort of smells of past fires? They've still got that situation happening in their life, even though it's been dealt. It's legitimate. I can understand it. But on these guys who just went through the most incredible trauma, the guys who threw them in died. Came out with not even a smell of smoke on them. That's a miracle. You want a miracle? Bow down to God and no other gods. Don't have any other gods above him. Don't allow anything else to take that place. Not even self, which is probably the biggest issue we have in our world today. We make self a pretty big God. Final thing I noticed about these guys was the king made everyone else worship the most high God and made these guys significant in the kingdom. God backed them. God was glorified by them. Yes, they were mocked. Yes, they were punished. Yes, they were put through an ordeal. But at the end, God got glorified. And when you worship God as the most high, that's what you're looking for, right? That's what you want more than anything else. But yet these three men got promoted in a foreign land. A land where they were prisoners became rulers. I honestly believe God honours it when you honour God. I honestly believe the favour of God comes on you. I'm on a bit of a quest right now to figure out why isn't everyone who's part of church life walking in the favour of God? It doesn't mean everything's hunky-dory all the time. It still means trials, but favour remains on you in those times. And it seems as though you get through it because of the favour of God. Why doesn't every believer walk in that peace? I'm wondering whether it's because God isn't that number one position all the time. Maybe self is. I don't know. We have to self-evaluate on this one, right? Maybe there's something else that I'm bowing down to that replaced God. Because it's when he's in the highest position is where the favor pours out. When I honor God, that's when I'm favored. That's what I've learned from these guys. Amen? Bit of a hard one, this one, hey? But I want to challenge us because it's time to come out from the corner. If you're going to take hits, you might as well take them standing up in the front with your dukes up, right? I don't want to sit back and just be a church which, oh, it's a hard time again. No, 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 no. We are the answer for the world. The hope of the world is the local church. Do you understand that you are the hope of your friends? Your neighbours or your workmates, those who do not know Jesus, you are their hope. Because you have God in you. Understand how Jesus went about it. I believe God has asked our church to lead the way Jesus would lead. I've told you probably a hundred times now, last year, praying, God, where are you directing our church? He said to me, Rick, will my church lead? 
The world needs leadership right now like never before. There's lots of bad leadership out there. Really horrible leadership. You don't have to look much in the news to see it. It's really, really bad leadership. The world needs good leaders. And that doesn't mean you stand up and be known by everyone. That's not my heart, trust me. What it means is we lead like Jesus, and that is we serve and we show love and we help meet need and we speak life. That's how Jesus led, so that others may live, so that others may enjoy God's love, so that others may find this incredible God to worship. Because they're going to worship something. Everyone worships something. Everyone. In China, they worship their president. They have to. They have to bow down. That's sad, but it's true. In our nation, we're free, right? But I think that brings probably a whole bunch of more gods into play. There is only one God. I just want to leave you with this. Matthew 6, Jesus made a statement. He said this. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Other versions say mammon. This one translated that to money. I've found that most things all comes back down to one thing. It's the love of money. Jesus actually said that the love of money is the root of all evil. I'd say it's the root of all gods too. Because, you know, people want to be famous. They get fame and, you know, and that fame leads because you've got all the fame, you get all the money. Church, it's time for us to realize something. God loves you so much that it's for your own benefit that you worship him above all else. Honor him, pray to him, speak with him. Allow him to challenge you through his word and through his Holy Spirit. Allow him to guide and direct your life. Because if he's not your God, you won't do that. He's not just a God, he's the God, he's the creator. We are his creation and it's just right for the creation to worship the creator. Not other creations. Amen? Amen. It's a strong nation church, I'm going to ask you. Can we just maybe come up? I'd like to sing Speak Jesus as we finish up. Beautiful song. Because I want us to focus. I'm going to ask you, would you self-evaluate? At home, would you self-evaluate? I'm not going to judge. I can't tell. It's not obvious whether there's other gods in your life. Not that I'm looking, okay? But I I self-evaluate. I'm looking at, have I made this a god in my life? Have I put this above God? And I want you to just, we're going to sing this song, and I want you to spend some time just asking God, saying, God, have I done this? Is there anything that I've replaced you with? Now it's time for honesty between you and him, not anyone else, you and him. And maybe he's going to show you something. It'll be interesting how it triggers you if he shows you something. And I'm going to ask you whether or not you would actually commit to him what you'll do about that. God, I'm going to deal with that right now. I'm going to maybe not get rid of it, but I'm going to place it in its order under you. I'm going to let your will be done, not mine. My heart as pastor of this church is to see everyone flourishing in God, walking this incredible life in God's favour, 
I've seen people walk in God's favor and they just can't believe it. They don't even know why it's there. It's because they honor God and they worship Him and He's their God. He's their daddy. Isn't it beautiful that we're not His servants, we're His children. That's how He wants it. Amen. Can we all stand? I want to pray for you and we're going to sing this song. Well, Father, thank you. I love you so much. You've been so good to me. Oh, it's amazing. Now, Holy Spirit, you're here with us. And you do miracles and you do amazing things. In this place and those who are viewing online, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just, if there's anything that has taken the place of you, Lord, that you would highlight that for us. And I pray, Lord, through our free will that we would just choose you. Not going to bow down to idols. We're going to bow down to the living, most high God today. Jesus, wonderful Jesus. Love you, Lord.